Jesus came to earth to die for our sins. The gospel account of the crucifixion is not a surprise. But one thing that is shocking is to think that people in Jesus' day would prefer a criminal over the Lord. That was the choice they made. But friend, you know as well as I do that people have not changed. If you love Jesus, you shouldn't be surprised that many people you encounter hate him. This lesson is called The Release of a Death Row Inmate. As we set sail today, all four Gospels record what happens to Jesus now that the Supreme Court of Israel has found him guilty of claiming to be the Son of God. Beginning in Matthew chapter 27 and verse 2, we're told that the mob takes Jesus bound to the Roman governor, Pilate. John 18 records that Pilate comes out to them and he wants to know what charge they're bringing against uh, this prisoner. Then Luke chapter 23 and verse 2, we'll pick it up there in the gospel accounts. It reads, We found this man misleading our nation and forbidding us to give tribute to Caesar and saying that he himself is Christ, a king. Now, Pilate seizes on that last accusation and asks Jesus here in verse 3, Are you the king of the Jews? Now, John's gospel tells us that Pilate took Jesus back into his headquarters to ask him a few more questions privately. Pilate wants to know if Jesus is a, a, a political threat. Is he really a king, the king of the Jews? And Jesus calmly answers him that he is a king. He assures Pilate, though, that he's not, he's not the kind of king that Pilate ought to worry about. He's, he's not a threat, that is, to Pilate or to Rome. Now, over in John's account in chapter 18 and verse 36, Jesus tells uh, Pilate uh, twice that his kingdom is not of this world. And then he goes on to say in verse 37, For this purpose I have come into the world to bear witness to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth listens to my voice. <laughs> well, Pilate has no ideas talking to the one who is the truth, and he asks Jesus here in verse 38, what is truth? You see, Pilate is in a culture like ours today where truth is, well, it's fluid. Whatever's true for you is true, even if it's different from my truth, and we can actually both be right. Well, actually, we can both be wrong. But Pilate doesn't want to debate the philosophy of truth with Jesus, so he he just goes back to the mob, and he says here in verse 38, I find no fault in him. Then back in Luke chapter 23 and verse 5, the crowd responds, he stirs up the people, teaching throughout all Judea, from Galilee even to this place. Ah, the mention of Galilee even to this place. Well, that, that gives Pilate an idea. He can hand Jesus off to Herod Antipas, the ruler of Galilee, and and he just so happens to be in Jerusalem about this time. So Pilate sends Jesus over to meet with Herod. Verses 6 to 11 reveal that Herod's happy to see Jesus, but he he wants Jesus to perform some kind of miracle. Uh, You see, Herod wants a little magic show, and Jesus won't perform for him. 
Uh, Jesus even refuses to speak when Herod questions him, and this makes Herod angry. He ends up mocking the Lord, and then he sends Jesus back to Pilate. Well, then Pilate remembers something uh, else. He he devises a, a, a clever little plan to get this, you know, in his view, this innocent, misguided rabbi off his hands. So he says to the crowd in John chapter 18 and verse 39, you have a custom that I should release one man for you at Passover. Matthew chapter 27, verse 17 says that Pilate gives the crowd a choice. Uh, He can release for them either uh, Jesus or this prisoner he's holding by the name of Barabbas. Now, let's slow down here for a moment. Sometime earlier, the Romans had captured a killer by the name of Barabbas. Pilate is fairly confident the people would rather have Jesus than this dangerous man. Uh, Matthew inserts a, a little comment in his account revealing that Pilate's desire to find a way to, uh, to release Jesus was also motivated by a message from his wife. His wife had told him, have nothing to do with that righteous man, for I have suffered much because of him today in a dream. Now, we don't know if this dream was God-sent, but Pilate, like, like most superstitious Romans, is going to take her dream seriously. Now, with that, let's go back to Barabbas uh, for a moment. The name Barabbas can mean either son of a father or son of a rabbi. In fact, this was the conventional way of referring to someone just as as Jesus once referred to Simon Peter as Simon Bar-Jonah, that is Simon, the son of Jonah. Well, I believe that Barabbas was indeed the son of a rabbi. He was what we would call today a preacher's kid, but he's obviously a prodigal. There's something else that's fascinating uh, about Barabbas's name. The ancient Syriac and Armenian translations of the New Testament actually give him a first name. In Greek, it's the name Iesus, Jesus. Well, this was a common name in these days. It, it's the counterpart to Joshua. It means redeemer or deliverer. Well, let me tell you, the nation of Israel isn't ignorant about Barabbas. Uh, he's, he's got a police record a mile long. In fact, Matthew refers to him as a notorious prisoner. Mark says that Barabbas committed murder in Mark chapter 15 and verse 7. Luke says that Barabbas led an insurrection. Uh, somewhere out there in, in, in this region, he was leading a revolt against Rome. That's in Luke chapter 23 and verse 19. Now, John refers to him simply as a robber in chapter 18, verse 40. All that to say, Barabbas isn't a very nice man. So you have in this dramatic scene here, Jesus the Christ and Jesus the son of a rabbi. Can you imagine the irony of Pilate as he asks the crowd to choose whom they want released? Do you want Jesus the healer or Jesus the killer? And the crowd chooses Barabbas. Well, let me tell you, he would have been a hero among the zealots. Those nationalistic Jews who wanted to be rid of of Roman rule loved Barabbas. Barabbas, what was their Robin Hood? He was what they were looking for in a Messiah. He's the redeemer, the deliverer they wanted. 
And as for the religious leaders, well, they didn't want Barabbas' troublemaking with Rome, but they chose Jesus Barabbas simply because they did not want Jesus, the Christ. So with that, Pilate asks what they want him to do with Jesus, the Christ. And they answer him here in Matthew chapter 27 and verse 22, let him be crucified. And when Pilate asks, why, what evil has he done? Verse 23 records, they shouted all the more, let him be crucified. In fact, the Greek language indicates that they continued screaming, yelling this chant, crucify him, crucify him, crucify him. It's my opinion that the center cross on Golgotha would have been for Barabbas. More than likely, those two thieves on either side of him would be members of his gang. The release of Barabbas is actually a wonderful parable of the gospel. You ever thought about the fact that he illustrates humanity, condemned, awaiting final judgment? But back in Luke chapter 4 and verse 18, Jesus had already said that he'd come to proclaim liberty to the captives, and that's exactly what Jesus does here. Now, we're never told how Barabbas responded to the jailer as his cell door was unlocked, but can you imagine with me how Barabbas could have responded? He could have said, no, I've sinned too greatly. You know, I'm a, I'm a notorious criminal. I'm a murderer. I, I'm number one on Rome's most wanted list. There, there's no way I deserve to get out of prison. Beloved, isn't it wonderful that Jesus died for sinners, for death row inmates, for guilty people like you and me? Barabbas could have also said something like, well, you know what? I'm not guilty. And I'm not going to leave my cell until Pilate apologizes and and declares me innocent. (laughs) There are a lot of people out there today who won't admit they're guilty sinners. They refuse to accept God's verdict, and and because of that, they they don't want God's pardon. They remind me of an old uh, comedian who was looking over his x-rays with his doctor one afternoon, and the doctor said, it's it's really bad news. You're going to need open-heart surgery. It's going to be painful. It's going to cost thousands of dollars. The man thought for a moment and then said, well, listen, doctor, for $100, would you just touch up my x-rays? <laughs> That's what a lot of religious people are doing out there today. They're going to their temples their synagogues, their mosques, their churches, and and, and they're just trying to touch up their x-rays. Radical heart surgery is needed. You see, beloved, we are terminally ill with sin. It it needs to be admitted and confessed and then forgiven. If if you want to get out of prison and, and get into heaven, admit your sin and ask for the grace of God and trust the Deliverer, Jesus, the Christ. What did Barabbas have to do to be freed this afternoon? Well, he just had to walk out of his cell, and that was it. Why? Well, because his freedom was paid for by the other Jesus, the Lamb of God who would be sacrificed in his place, the Savior who died as well in your place and in mine. Well, until we set sail again on our next wisdom journey, 
May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. That was Stephen Davey, and he called this lesson, The Release of a Death Row Inmate. Stephen will continue teaching through the Gospels and the rest of the Bible in the weeks ahead. I hope you'll make this wisdom journey part of your daily routine. Stephen has a new lesson for you each weekday as he teaches through all 66 books of the Bible. To learn more about the wisdom journey, visit wisdomonline.org forward slash journey. You can access all of the past lessons. You can also watch the video versions of these lessons if you prefer that. And please engage with us on social media. Subscribe to the Wisdom International YouTube channel and follow us on Facebook. Join us next time.